Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Yes, indeed. I, I, I know. I know there are differing opinions on this, and I'm not trying to stir something up. I'll start with the spiritual. Happy Reformation Day, everybody. How about that, right? This day we recognize when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church in Germany, thus serving to help spark the Protestant Reformation. So happy Reformation Day. But happy Halloween too, y'all. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Some people get all upset. Not, you know, listen, not everything has to be religious, y'all. I'm, I'm just saying, and, and that may get me in trouble. But listen, you can enjoy life. You can enjoy culture. And, and you know what? Tonight, we're going to watch Great Pumpkin, Lord willing. And then we always have this tradition. We watch, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. We, uh, we also watch um, the Garfield Halloween special from 1985, right? We're, we're squared away and ready for that. And we're going to get a meat lover's pizza from Frank's, Lord willing. So anyway, sometimes you just have to enjoy life. And if, you, uh, if that offends you, rewind to yesterday's daily devotional, right? Everything is permissible. Paul's talking about meat sacrificed to idols. I can eat whatever I want, you know, that kind of thing. It, that's all I'm going to say about that. I have not mean, I didn't mean to offend anybody. Now, let's get to the subject at hand. Yesterday, we were together in Acts chapter 16, and we saw the beginning. We, we saw this thing happen where Paul circumcised Timothy um, out of love, out of sacrifice, in order to better minister to the Jews that they would be confronting, right? We talked all about that. I said, remember, fall down a flight of stairs. He didn't hit his head. He wasn't facing very amnesia or anything like that. He still held to everything that he said in Acts chapter 15 against the Judaizers. Because remember, they were insisting on circumcision not in order to minister better to people or to connect better with people. They were saying that you had to be circumcised to be saved. Okay, That is not what Paul did with Timothy. And what we saw as a result of what Paul did do with Timothy, which is that acting out of love and Timothy acting out of a sense of sacrifice, that the churches were strengthened. They were encouraged. They grew it, 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 daily in faith and in numbers. And that's what you see when people lay aside turf, when people decide to do that is which is best for one another. Philippians chapter 2, right? We saw it. Well, at this point, it would be three Sundays ago. But when you have the attitude of Christ Jesus, when you consider others as more important than yourselves, then that affects the way that you live and the things that you do. And that builds unity and it spreads love. And that's the thing that people on the outside need to see. That's the part of Christianity that's contagious because it's the only genuine thing in the world. Nevertheless, that's where we were yesterday. Where we continue today, some interesting things happen. And uh, I'm not going to say more on that, but you'll see when, when we get to it. But we are continuing on with Paul and his companions as they go about their journey. Paul's going to have a vision. Um, but not only that, we, we see a very valuable principle here. A valuable principle about how the Lord works, what we know and what we don't know and how we are called to trust. Now, with that being said, let me pray, and we'll dig in. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and we pray that you would give us wisdom in it. 
Wisdom not only to understand and evaluate what we are reading here, but also wisdom as we come to this principle today um, that affects us all in different ways, as we have all lived life, as we have all faced challenges. So please guide us now by your Holy Spirit, and I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so where we're picking up today, again, Acts, Acts 16, verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith uh, and grew daily in numbers. We're picking up in verse 6 where it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia. Now, Paul and his companions, as far as we know up to this point, remember, it's Paul. Paul, when he had his disagreement with Barnabas, took Silas with him. Okay. We also know that he's just had this thing going on with Timothy, but what's used here is the term companions. We don't know who else is involved in this yet, but we're going to find out. So Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Pause right there. What a curious thing. Doesn't make sense, does it? Right? I mean, why would the Holy Spirit prevent the word from being preached? We're going to get an answer. Verse 7 When they came to the border of Mysia, or Mysia, however you want to pronounce it, um, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Now, we got a thing going on here, right? Where it's like, okay, well, which one is it? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is the Spirit of Jesus? The answer is yes. How does that work? I don't know, y'all. I don't know. And you don't know either, right? It's, that's, that's all that we are given. Occasionally, we do find portions of scripture that specifically talk about the Holy Spirit and in differentiation, the, the, the spirit of Jesus. What does this particularly mean other than Jesus intervening here? Why was it Jesus, the spirit of Jesus that intervened with Paul and his companions? as opposed to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was good enough to keep them out of Asia. Why the Spirit of Jesus here now? Again, y'all, I don't know. I have a guess, and my guess is that this is just to further enunciate not only where they're not supposed to go, but where they are supposed to go. And the language is forceful here. The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to and that's all we get. We don't get anything else. That's, it. that's all that we need. Verse 8, so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Y'all, I alluded to a principle just a few minutes ago, right? principle that though this very clearly, very clearly, this is the Acts of the Apostles. This is the history of how the Lord worked. So this, in, in some senses, is unique to Paul and his traveling companions because this is just simply telling us what happened. But a principle is revealed here. Getting back to what we have seen already, right? That at first they wanted to go to Asia, to Asia, the Holy Spirit would not let them go right? Then they decide to go somewhere else. The spirit of Jesus himself intervenes and prevents them from going. Now we have this. We have just found out about Peter's vision, or excuse me, Paul's vision from the man of Macedonia. 
that's what we got in just reading a few verses. You know, not a lot of time has transpired, but obviously this happened in time and space. Prior to this vision, Paul and his companions we're not given any indication that they're given a reason as to why they're prevented from going, certainly. You know, again, it, it seems counterintuitive to us, doesn't it? Right? I mean, they're supposed to go into the utmost ends of the earth and preach the gospel. Why would the Lord prevent that? Well, we've just gotten the answer. The reason that they weren't allowed to go to Asia, the region, the region they weren't allowed to go to Mysia, is because the Lord had something else for them. Now, very clearly in what we just read, Paul found that out. But initially, did he know? I don't know. All we have is what we've just read, that they had their plans that they were going and then they were prevented. Y'all, this is where there's crossover for you and me today, right? Again, this is history. This is talking, this is the narrative of what took place in time and space. And so it's good to have this information. But the application for us in a devotional sense, this is a daily devotional, right? Application for us is that in life, there are all sorts of things that happen that prevent movement, that prevent us from doing those things that, that we think we need to do, those things that we want to do. And why is that? At the time, we can struggle. At the time, we can majorly struggle. We don't understand why the Lord works the way that he does. But the principle that is revealed here in Acts chapter 16 is that just because we don't have the answers as to why God does what he does, it doesn't mean that there aren't answers. You know, we're not given a glimpse into Paul and his companions, but one could only guess that they might have grown discouraged, that they definitely were wondering, well, why can't we go to Asia? Why, why, why can't we go to Mysia? What? And what did that prevention look like? Did it look like hardship that came up that prevented them from going there? Again, we don't know. The best that we can do is guess. But what we do know is this. There was a period of time between them being prevented from going and this vision that Paul had of the man of Macedonia. And instead, what the Lord was doing was shaping where they were going, where they were headed, what they were doing. The crossover is that the Lord does that with you and me as well. He really does. Um, and the call for us in light of this, it's not to try to figure out exactly why God is doing what God is doing. You know, I've, I've mentioned this here before. The older I get, the more I mature in the faith, the more I am convicted that I need to approach things with the mindset of Lord's business versus my business. You know, there are all sorts of things in life that are my business, things that I am called to do. And I'm not saying that the Lord has no place there. That, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I'm, I'm talking about responsibility. There are all sorts of opportunities that the Lord gives me. There are all sorts of, 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 of missions that he sends me on, right? Things that he wants me to do, situations that are presented to me wherein I'm called to be faithful. And it is my business to be faithful. That's what the Lord has called me to do. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey, right? That's God's calling for me. That's God's calling for you if you're trusting in Jesus. That's your business, to obey, to be faithful, right? But what the Lord does with that, that's his business. 
right? How the Lord is going to work in situations that we are prevented from working in, or if you've ever been in a situation where you're trying to help somebody and they just don't see that, or they won't respond, or they continue to make horrible decisions, it can be absolutely gutting. Or you're in a situation in life where things happen and you just don't get it. You just don't understand. And and y'all, life is like that sometimes. Really, it is. There there are things that happen where you just look at it and you say, there's nothing redeemable in this. Why did that have to happen? You ever woken up and you've said, I didn't think I'd be dealing with this at this point in my life. Life isn't supposed to be this way. Now, admittedly, sometimes life is like that because of the consequences of our sins. Right, I talked about it Sunday. The Lord judges those. The Lord disciplines those. The Lord chasteneth those whom he loves. But outside of that, all sorts of things happen in life that we really don't understand. That's the crossover here. Um, All we get is that they weren't allowed to go to these places. And then they found out that the Lord was doing something else. Y'all, that's the story of life for every follower of Christ. All the time, things happen. And we don't have an explanation for these things. But the Lord is working. There's lots of places in his word that indicate this. Romans 8, 28 is one of the most obvious, right? That the Lord is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's true, right? However, I have seen that verse used like a like a bat, right? To bludgeon people. I prefer Deuteronomy 29, 29. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, the Lord is reaffirming his covenant with his people through Moses. And the last verse is so fascinating. It says this. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of the law. Oh, do you get the paradigm there? There are some things that are revealed. Um, certainly God's law, the covenant, all of these things, they're for us and we hang on to those things. But for those things in life that happen that seem irredeemable, for those things in life that you look at and you say, how could God possibly be working through this? Just because you don't have the answers, it doesn't mean that there aren't answers. Why? because as we just read, the secret things. At the time, why God didn't want Paul and his companions to go to Asia, then uh, to go to Mysia, right? The secret things, those things that happen in your life that seemingly have no explanation, the secret things belong to the Lord. The Lord takes ownership over those things that happen that seem irredeemable, those things that happen where we say, what is God doing here? He takes ownership, which means he tends to. He takes care of those things that don't make any sense to us. The Lord's in charge. Our calling, trust, obey, steady as she goes with the understanding that the Lord is in control. From everything we read, that's what Paul and his companions did. And as a result, they figured out, well, now I know why the Holy Spirit wouldn't let us into Asia. Now I know why the Spirit of Jesus prevented us from going to Mysia. 
I've had this vision, Paul, Paul could say. I've had this vision of the man from Macedonia that is begging us for help. And indeed, they would go. But before we end, something interesting happens here. All right, again, verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, previously I said, right at the beginning, it just says Paul, verse 9, Paul and his companions travel, right? We don't know about his companions specifically. Who is with Paul, right? We know that Silas is with him. We've just met Timothy, but it's very broad. Who else is with him? Verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, I know that we've got some English grammarians here in our midst. The person has changed. This isn't third person, just talking about Paul and others. This isn't first person, right, talking about me. This is second, this is we, right? I guess it is first person as well, because the writer indicates his own involvement in this. Who is the writer? Somewhere along the way, y'all, we find this interesting thing has happened. Luke has been picked up. Where was he picked up? I, I don't know. Okay, because realize the structure of the book of Acts. You have the telling of things that took place in Pentecost and other places. Then you kind of have Acts jumping around, right? You get Peter, he's, he's got to go to Cornelius's house. You know, was Paul, or excuse me, was Luke with him there? Probably not. He's telling the story. And then you get the council at Jerusalem. You, you get kind of this ping pong effect where things are, are jumping back and forth here. But now we see a shift. And the shift very clearly is that Luke isn't just writing about something that happened to somebody else, recording the history, that remember, he's giving this to Theophilus, his friend, right, who commissioned this work. Instead, Luke is indicating that now I'm in on this, where it's not just that Paul had seen a vision, so they got ready, we got ready. And it wasn't just that Paul and his companions concluded they needed to preach the gospel. It's that God called us to preach the gospel. Why am I making such a big deal about this? Because y'all, this is not it. There's lots of things that liberal scholarship tries to do with God's word. Inevitably, liberal scholarship tries to make God's word something that was written centuries after the events took place. Why do they do that? Because if it's written centuries later, then that leaves all sorts of room for errors. One of the things that liberal scholarship wants to do is destroy eyewitness accounts because eyewitness accounts only add to the validity of God's word and what's revealed in it. But y'all, the reason I'm focusing on this is because these stories that we're reading, this isn't just something that was passed down, that there was plenty of time for them to get twisted. It's not written by a whole school of people or a group of people that are just trying to advance their agenda. No. What we're getting is eyewitness testimony to the events that transpired in time and place. And it's not that this is the thing that absolutely makes us say, oh, well, then we can't doubt God's word. It's God's word still. He breathes it out. God can use whatever means he wants to to breathe out his word and, and, and the transmission of his scripture is his business. However, however, this ought to show us something about the validity of God's word. 
It's not based on the fact that it's eyewitness account, but it certainly adds to the credence that we should offer here. And we're not just hearing about a story that's been passed down. We're hearing about what Luke has seen. We're hearing about the things that he has encountered. And I think that's a beautiful thing because as we continue on, as we'll see tomorrow, from Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight, right? We put out to sea, right? Again, Luke is bringing himself in more and more, and it's simply showing us the truth of what is being written here. Now, with all of these things being said, your daily devotional thought, I don't always do this, but I'm going to do it for today. Your daily devotional thought is to consider those situations in your life that have been prevented, right? And no, I'm not going to bust out into Garth Brooks' unanswered prayer right now, but there's a pretty decent message in that old country song, right? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Think about all the things that you prayed for that the answer, it's not that you didn't get an answer, it's that the answer was no. Some of those things are very understandable. And we say, I'm glad that the Lord intervened there and didn't give me what I asked for because he knew better what I needed than I did. But that's not always the case, is it? No, sometimes there are things that we pray earnestly for. Sometimes those things include the salvation of people that we love. And it's hard to understand why God's answer is no, or even better, why God's answer is not yet. Again, there are things that are the Lord's business. The challenge, the application for today is for us to consider those things in life that we face and decide. We've got a decision to make as you encounter life, right? Are you going to trust that God is working or not? Are you going to rely on him because the secret things belong to him? Or will you stand in opposition? It is my sincerest prayer and hope that as it relates to myself, I will rest in the Lord. And if you desire that as well, it's my hope for you too. And that's what I'll pray for now. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us for um, this message that is apparent here, that you intervene and it's your business and, and your plans are, are so much better than our plans. And so we pray as is in the Lord's prayer that thy will would be done, that thy kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, work in our hearts and minds that we would be patient, that we would wait on you, that we would remember that you are in charge, that we would trust. Thank you for the acts of the apostles, for, for this that has been revealed to us. Thank you that we can see your hand at work throughout the ages. Let us trust in you again and again. And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, again, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And uh, I don't know what you're going to be doing tonight. Maybe it's just another Tuesday. Whatever. Enjoy it. And Lord willing, we'll see you again soon.